Come on, let's give God some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, today as we're listening to that testimony by Tim Tebow, we all can just realize how in control God is. How many believe that today, that God is in control and he's got a wonderful, wonderful plan? And not only is he in control, but he loves us so much that he went to this cross to die for us. And not only does he love us that much, but he's still wanting to tell us, even through a football game, even through an individual like Tim Tebow, he's still spreading his message of love. He wants us to know today that he loves us. How many guys love Jesus here in this place? Yeah, let's give him some praise. Hallelujah. And so today, we're going to experience more of God's love. We're going to experience more of what God wants to do in our lives. We are actually in the third week of a series that we've entitled Seven. And the reason we've entitled it Seven, because there's actually seven statements that Jesus made while he was hanging on the cross. Seven things that he desperately wants us to know. And I don't know if you know it or not, but Jesus speaks to us. Amen. In fact, Jesus wants to speak to us today. And I believe if he spoke to us while he was hanging on the cross, how many of you guys believe he wants us to listen? He wants us to hear exactly what he has to say. And so if you're with me today, let's turn to John chapter 19. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. Just a few verses here in John chapter 19, starting in verse 25 through 27. And I'm going to read out of the Message Bible. In fact, uh, I've been reading out of the Message Bible this year, and God has really been blessing me through this version. And so this is what it says in John 19, 25 through 27. If you don't have the Message Bible, you can just check it out on the screens. It says, while the soldiers were looking after themselves, Jesus' mother, his aunt Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene, stood at the door, foot of the cross. Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing near her. He said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then to the disciple, here is your mother. From that moment, the disciple accepted her as his own mother. You know, there's just a few words here that Jesus said, but I believe in these few words he made a huge statement. And I don't know about you, but as I've been looking at this and studying it over the last few weeks, God has opened up so much truth through these few words. And this is what I believe he is saying to us today. You see, I think at this moment when Jesus was on the cross and he was dying, he was going through excruciating pain. Pain like we could never imagine. You know, I don't know about you, but... There's been times in my life where I've gone through pain, and I, I could probably say you have experienced pain in your life too, but it's nothing compared to the pain that Jesus was going through on the cross. And in that moment, when he was hanging there, he made this statement, and I believe what he was saying in the words were, it's not finished yet. You know what? I, I could just hear the devil in this moment saying, game over. You're done, Jesus. But he looked out on these few disciples who were followers of him, and this is what I believe he said. Life will go on. The moment is not, the movement is not over. And in fact, it is just getting started. How many believe that today? That the movement is just getting started. God wants to do mighty things through his church. 
In fact, some of us might see his church as just a destination, a, a thing you check off on your box, just something you do. Oh, it's Sunday. It's time to go to church. And we might see it as a destination, a place where we go. But just as we've already seen this morning, God never intended the church to be just a place we go. He intended the church to be a body, to be a movement, to be an awesome force that can change the world. How many believe that? that God wants to use the church to change the world. And if you don't believe it, Jesus said it. In fact, Matthew 28, 18 through 20 in the New Living Translation says this. Jesus come, came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So just a few days before Jesus was dying on the cross, he proclaimed this to his disciples. And I believe as he looked down on John, he looked down on Mary. His eyes met them, and in that moment, they realized this isn't over. This is just the beginning. And I'm here to proclaim to you guys today, maybe some of you are going through a difficult time. Maybe you're going through a great time. I don't know. Jesus wants you to know it's not over yet. It's just the beginning. There's so much more he has for you. He has for me. He has for all of us. How many believe that, church, that God wants to do mighty things to us? In fact, in the Message Bible, Jesus says the same thing. He says, Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet, far and near, in this way of life. Marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. I will be with you as you do this. Day after day after day, right up to the end of the age, Jesus is with us, guys. We're not alone. Today, I believe he wants to tell you that you're not alone. He's with you, and he's fighting for you, and he wants to use you for his glory. You know, I don't know if you guys know about it, uh, what's going on this weekend, but a lot of teenagers are at a retreat called Abandon, Okay. And, and as the last few weeks has really been a blessing for me because Pastor Michael is actually teaching a series in, actually he's not teaching, other people are teaching, but he's doing this series in the youth group called Rewind. And he's asked all the old youth pastors to come back and speak. And so I get a chance on March 21st to go back and speak to the youth group. And I'm going to tell you something. I am so excited. I cannot wait to be with our young people. How many of you know that God's doing awesome things in our young people? And so I'm excited about that. And as I've been thinking about that service and thinking about that message, I've been kind of reminiscing about the past. You know, I don't know if you guys ever do that. You ever take out the old picture albums or watch old home video, you know, back when you were 50 pounds lighter and you had a little more hair, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if you ever do that, but I like to do that to remember what happened back in the day. How many of you guys remember what happened back in the day? Do you guys remember that? And sometimes we, we don't want to go back there because bad stuff happened, but you know what? Good things have happened in your life back in the day too, and I'm going to share one with you. So, Back at the first abandon, 
See, um, I was brought on staff way back about eight or nine years ago to be the junior high pastor. And we had a senior high pastor on staff too. His name was Corey Blair, an awesome man of God. And he did awesome things. And so we were getting together and we started to pray, God, what do you want to do with this new year? And I had just come on staff. And so we had an idea to do a youth retreat. And while we were talking about that, we, we had some ideas that God was giving us about what the retreat was going to look like. We wanted the kids to get away, unplug, get away from the city, get away from all the stuff going on at home, get away from all the distractions. How many know that there are so many distractions that we face all the time? And so we were trying to get the kids away to encounter God. And while we were doing that, we wanted to come up with a really cool name to talk about what this would look like. And so we started to Google, you know, and you know, Google knows everything, you know, and, and either Google or Alexa, I don't know, one of the, one of the two, they, they know everything. And so I went on there and we started looking up names, what, what names would go with this idea? And we came up with this idea, Abandoned. And then we had another cool idea. Yeah, and we're gonna take away their cell phones. Man, it was gonna be cool. I don't know, parents, if you've ever tried to take away your kid's cell phone, it's like you took away their arm or their leg, right? It's, 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 you're, you're gonna have trouble. But it was cool, because at first the kids were like, what, I have to give up my cell phone? You know, no Twitter, no Instagram. But the crazy thing about it is, after a while they willingly said yes. I, I wanna give up my cell phone because I wanna meet with God, and I don't wanna be distracted by anything. So we went out to this camp, about 45 minutes away from here in Lakin. I don't know if anybody here is from Lakin, but this camp out there, and it was about this time of year, the snow was melting, and, and, and you know what? There was mud everywhere. And at this camp, there was no sidewalks, so all the kids were walking in mud, and we had planned for that. You know, so what we were gonna do, have mud all in the, the halls where we'd had worship and stuff? No, so we had all the kids take their shoes off and leave them by the door. Your moms and dads, you'd be proud of us, youth pastors, okay? That we had their kids take their shoes off at the door. And it was kind of symbolic that they did because every time we went to worship God, it was like we were meeting on holy ground. It was like we were coming into the presence of God. And God met us powerfully every time we got together to worship. And just like we got together this morning and we said, anything can happen, anything can happen, God began to move. You know, when you believe, when faith starts rising, God begins to move. And there's definitely God began to move. And all these teenagers were like, God, I want you. And so we came to the, the last night, Saturday night, and it was my chance to preach. You know, and preachers, if you guys know anything about us, sometimes we agonize about that whole experience. You know, we get nervous. We don't sleep at night. We wake up early in the morning. You know, all this stuff goes on. I want you guys to give a round of applause for Pastor John real quick. Yeah, because... Because I don't know if you know, but the church is always on his mind. It is. He never turns his mind off for the church because he cares about you and he loves you. And so he wakes up early in the morning, he goes to bed late at night thinking about these things. And so I put this service together and I was like, it's gonna be awesome. I brought these big crosses there, I got nails there. I'm like, these kids are gonna get saved. Not only they're gonna get saved, but they're getting rid of all their garbage. You know what I mean? They're gonna nail it to the cross. It's gonna be amazing, you know? And I was like, my first big preach at a camp 
oh, God, you're awesome. You know, I was so excited. Well, we get there. We had a little prayer time before the service. I had everything set up. And all of a sudden, as we were praying, this ace teamer came up to me. One of the ace team students at the time, his name was Jono. I don't know if you remember Jono, but awesome young man of God. He came up to me, looked me in the eyes, and he said, Joe, tonight's not about you. And then he just left, and he started walking away, and I was like, what in the world does that mean, God? Tonight's not about me. What in the world does that mean? And so I started praying, and I lost probably some more hair. You know, I was like, what in the world is going to happen? And so as we were beginning to worship God, I began to see what was going to happen. God's spirit just came into that room in such a powerful way. I'm going to tell you something. I've never experienced anything like it before. And the kids were so excited about Jesus that some of them had already started to fill the altars and get on their knees before the Lord. And so I was like, man, I know what's supposed to happen. I'm not even supposed to preach tonight. I'm not supposed to preach because they're already meeting with God. They're already experiencing God. And I don't want to get in the way of any of that. I want God to meet with these kids. And so I went up on the platform and I just proclaimed these few words. I said, I believe great movements of God happen when people put their face to the ground. When people pray and put their face to the ground. And guess what I did for the next hour and a half? I laid on the platform. And you might find that weird, but as I just laid on the platform, I prayed to God that he would move in a mighty way. And he did. He took over. He took over. Those kids began to pray. Those kids began to cry out. Those kids began to say, I want more of you, God. And God showed up. And I, I wish I could, like, describe what it looked like. I really can't. Even if we had a video of it, it wouldn't do justice to what God did in that room. And I believe on that night, not just that we abandoned and had a cool retreat, but I began to believe a movement started that night. A movement of young people that begin, began to change the world. I don't know about you, but I've been praying all my life, God, I want you to do something bigger than I've ever seen before that I could say that was only God. How many would like to see that? That we would see a movement happen in our lifetime that we could say that's not because of a man, that's not because of a church, that's not because of anything, it's because of God wanted to do something. How many of your people are with me today? They want to see a movement like that. And that's what God wants to do. You know, as we go on, I believe not only does God, it was God telling them in that moment that it's not over. In fact, it's just getting started. I also believe, he said, I want you to be family. And I also want you to take care of each other. You know, in this, in this chapter 19 of John, it says, Woman, here is your son. Then is to a disciple, here is your mother. Let me read that again. This is the statement Jesus made on the cross. Woman, here is your son. Then it is to the disciple, here is your mother. You know, as I, um, as Pastor John came to me a few weeks ago and he said, I want you to preach this message and here's your scripture. I was like, what am I going to do with that? <laughs> you know, what am I going to do with woman? Here is your, is your son and, and son, here is your mother. I'm like, what am I going to do with this? And right away, God began to show me the picture of family, that God's calling the church to be not just a church, but to be a family where we take care of each other. 
In fact, this isn't just an idea God put in my head, but it's an idea he put in the scriptures. In Acts 2, 43-47, it says, And everyone around was in awe. All those wonders and signs done through the apostles and all the believers lived in wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. They sold whatever they owned and pooled their resources so that each person's need was met. They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home, every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praised God. People in general liked saw every day their number grew as God added to those who were being saved. That was the church. A few days after Jesus, a few weeks after Jesus rose from the dead, God moved in a powerful way and poured out his spirit. Thousands of people got saved, and this is what happened. They became the church, and this is what they did. Miraculous things happened, and they meet met daily, and they were the family of God. How many guys would be excited about that? that? Not just to come to church, but to be a part of the family. You know, I am blessed, and, and I know a lot of you are too, to, be, to grow up and be a part of an amazing family. In fact, I'm here today because of my parents. Well, because of Jesus. But because of what Jesus did in my parents. In fact, I have the most amazing mom, guys. I love Linda Greenwald with all my heart. She's an amazing woman. And one of the things I love much about her is that she sacrificed her life to raise four boys. So you see, she was a stay-at-home mom. She didn't have these aspirations of, I'm going to go do this and make all this money and drive these great cars. No, she just wanted to take care of her four little boys. And I was blessed to be a part of that. And so every day I would come home from school and she'd have a snack ready for us and I remember this time of year, she would take us to baseball practice, and, you know, I'd, I'd always lose my glove. I'd be like, Mom, where's my glove? You know, and she'd be like, I think you left it in the closet, Joe. You know, and it was just the best time of life growing up in this family with my mom, and I was always blessed by her. And as I began to grow up and become a teenager, I always went to my mom when I didn't know what to do. I always went to my mom if I needed a little bit of wisdom. I always went to my mom when I just needed some comfort and knowing that everything would be okay. How many know that God wants to put people in your life that you can go to and they will say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Maybe right now you're going through a tough time. Maybe you skinned your knee. Maybe you're going through a rough time. God has called the church to be a group of people to say, it's going to be okay. You're going to get through this. And so I love my mom for how awesome she was. And I remember when I was getting ready to graduate, the semester before my last year of college, I had to do an internship. And God put a specific calling on my life back in college to move to the inner city. And not just to move to the inner city, but to work with kids in the inner city. And so my mom, I didn't know this, but she was praying for me all, all, all the time. Well, I knew she was praying for me all the time. But I didn't know that she was worried about my safety. In fact, she was really fearful about what was gonna happen to me because that summer before my senior year, I got an internship and I was gonna to move to Grand Rapids, Michigan and live in the inner city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I was gonna live in this house all by myself in the inner city. And it was a really rough neighborhood I was gonna to move to and my mom was like, man, I don't know if I can let my son go there. 
But it was awesome because the day before I left, she, she grabbed me and she said, I want to talk to you for a minute, Joe. I want to tell you that I've been scared for you. But as I've been praying for you, God spoke to me and he said, he said, don't worry about Joe because I got him. In fact, I want to tell you that the safest place for Joe is in the center of my will. And he is walking in my will. And God wants you to know that, that he's got you. And the safest place for you is in the center of God's will. And so God didn't say that in his word. He didn't say that to a bunch of pastors. He said that through my mom, through someone who really cared about me. And that was a really huge encouragement as I began to walk into my future. I'm going to tell you something. Now, years later, almost 20 years later, it's hard for me because my mom doesn't live near me. She's still alive, but she lives in Florida. And I only get to see her a couple times a year, and, and that's sometimes hard for me. But how many of you know that God has given me a family right here in Riverside? You know, a few, about a year ago, um, a, a lady came to our office, and I, I'd known this lady because she helped me with the youth ministry. Her name was Lynn Recky. And she said, I really have this burden. In fact, God spoke to me. I really have this burden to volunteer and help bring uh, volunteers into the church. I want to help you guys bring volunteers into the church. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. You know, we needed your help. We need your help, Lynn. And so thank you for answering the call. And so Lynn started to come two, two times a week to the office and she would send out emails and she would call people and she would follow up to requests. And she was just a blessing to us in the office. But not only that, is every time she would come, we would sit down for about 20 minutes or a half an hour and just talk. And talk about what was going on in each other's lives. And I'm going to tell you guys something. She became much more than just a volunteer to me. She became like my spiritual mom. Because I found myself sharing with my heart with her and she would encourage me and I would encourage her. And so check it out. So my mom lives like real far away in Florida, but he gave me another mom right here in Peoria, Illinois. And so today I just want to encourage you today. Lynn has had a kind of a difficult time the last week or so. She had back surgery. Her back had been bothering her for a while. We, she actually started coming to our small group a few months ago and we started to pray for her and and as she went into surgery and after she came out, she had kind of a rough time and she had to go back to the hospital. So, but I'm going to tell you, Lynn's doing better today. Amen. And I want to encourage you guys that Jesus takes care of us, that Jesus watches over us and he wants to give us a family. And I'm also going to ask you, just pray for Lynn because God has blessed me with her. And you know what? God wants to bless you with relationships. It's more than a building. It's more than a service we come to. God wants us to come and meet people who encourage us and be our family. You know, the last thing I'm going to talk about today that Jesus spoke, I believe, is that it's time for you to lead. In fact, it's not just time for you to lead, but it's time to take responsibility for the situation. And you might be like, what are you talking about, Pastor Joe? What's going on? Well, you might be thinking as I've been talking that that sounds great. You know, it sounds great that we're going to be family. It sounds great that, that, that God has brought a movement on the earth. But that was like 2,000 years ago. That was a long time ago. That's nothing like what goes on today. You know, you're right. It's not anything like what's going on today. In fact, we live in one of the most selfish societies 
ever in the, in, the, in the history of the world. In fact, there's a photo that I believe you guys have all been a part of called the selfie, right? You've all been a part of this. We actually have a photo, okay, called a selfie. That's how selfish our generation is. And I don't know about you, I've been involved in a lot of photos, a lot of selfies, although they make my head look big, so I don't like taking them, okay? You know, in fact, I don't really like photos, and, um, but I realized the last couple weeks that those photos are actually what I look like, you know? So maybe I shouldn't worry, you know, about photos so much. But you know what? We are living in difficult times. I just want to ask you a question. How many of you, I thank Pastor John for what he did this morning because I believe there's people here that need, how many believe that was awesome what Pastor John did this morning? Because I, I believe we're going through stuff, you know? The world is tough for believers to, to be here, to follow Jesus. It's not easy. I'm, I'm going to tell you that. It's, it's not easy. Turn to the person next to you and say, it hasn't been easy. Just, just. So check it out. Nobody here is perfect. No, nobody here has got it all together. You know, I'm wearing a 3X t-shirt today. I don't have it all together, people. You know, I should be wearing a large, you know. Got some problems. I'm trying to eat carrots, though. I'm working on the carrots, you know. But how many of you know that, that God still has a plan? But he also gives us warnings about what's going on. He knew what was going to happen. He knew the kind of life we were going to have to live here in 2018. In fact, he also wrote us things in the scripture that will tell us what's even coming. And I'm here to tell you it's getting worse. It's going to get worse, guys. And that's why we need to be this church that we believe in a movement and we believe that we're family. So I want to read a scripture to you, Revelation 9, 13 through 21. And this scripture has really been speaking to me. In fact, I've been reading through the book of Revelation, and this one just jumped off the pages. Verse 13 says, The sixth angel trumpeted. I heard a voice speaking to the sixth angel from the horns of the golden altar before God. Let the four angels loose. The angels confined at the great river Euphrates. The four angels were united untied and let loose. Four angels all prepared for the exact year, month, and day, and even hour when they were to kill a third of the human race. I don't know if you guys just heard that, but there's going to be angels released that are going to kill a third of the human race. Now check out what happens after that. The number of the army of horsemen were twice 10,000 times 10,000. I heard the count and saw both horses and riders in my vision. Fiery breastplates on riders, lion heads on the horses, breathing out fire and smoke and brimstone. With these three weapons, fire and smoke and brimstone, they killed a third of the human race. The horses killed with their mouths and tails. Their serpent-like tails also had heads that wreaked havoc. The remain so this is what's happening. How many of you guys can picture this? That you go to work and there's only a, th a third of the people are going to be gone. You go to school, the third of the people are going to be gone. You go home and the third, a third of the people are going to be gone. Isn't that terrible? That this is what's coming. You know, I don't know if you guys remember 9-11 or not.
But right after 9-11, one of the worst things that happened in our country, what happened? We had people praying, we had people going to church, people turned their hearts back to God. A great movement happened at 9-11, but also culture changed drastically. In fact, you can't just walk up to get on a plane anymore. You have to go through all this crazy security. Things changed because of a crazy thing that happened. We lost a lot of lives, but it's gonna be nothing compared to this. 9-11 will be nothing compared to this. But this is what, and this is what it says. The remaining men and women who weren't killed by these weapons went on their merry way, didn't change their way of life, didn't quit worshiping demons, didn't quit centering their lives around lumps of gold and silver and brass and hunks of stone and wood that they couldn't see or hear or move. This wasn't a sign of, there wasn't a sign of a change of heart. They plunged right on in their murderous, occult, promiscuous, and thieving ways. That's what's going to look like. There's not going to be people filling churches. There's not going to be people turning their hearts to God. In fact, it says that they're going to go right back to center their lives around gold and silver. And as I read this passage right there, God cut me to the heart. And he said, Joe, are you centering your life around gold and silver? Are you centering your life around things more than me? In fact, I couldn't believe that Pastor John shared that scripture before, but he says, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. God's trying to get through to us, people. He doesn't want us to be a people that just have our God of money and stuff and cars and boats and TVs. He wants us to be free from those things so that we can serve him. In fact, I believe he wants us to be an example because he wants us to take responsibility to win these people back to Jesus. How many believe that that's what he's called us to do? In fact, we have an awesome opportunity in less than a month, and you might be like, man, I don't want to tell someone about Jesus. You don't have to. Today, you can just invite them to Easter Sunday, and Pastor John will preach an amazing word to them. That's all you have to do right now. But I believe God's calling us to take the next step. To take the next step and say, I'm going to be personally responsible. It's my responsibility. You know, I'm going to share just one last story with you guys before I close. When I was called here, and I'm going to tell you something. I was called here, and so were you. I was called here, and so were you. Each and every one of you that are sitting here today have been called by God. And it's up to you if you're going to answer the call. And when I was called here, God gave me a specific call. He said, you're going to be a junior high pastor. You're going to work with junior high kids. That's your calling. And I'm going to tell you something. I got excited about that. I'm one of those crazy people, okay, that actually like junior high students, okay? I got excited about that. And I remember my first meeting with Pastor John. I got to go in this office every month, and he got to encourage me. And the first meeting, he looked at me and he said, okay, I'm excited that I hired you to be our junior high pastor, but what are you going to do with the rest of your life? You know? How many guys are thankful for pastors and believers and friends that say, God has more for you? God has more for you. You know, and, and at the time, I just said, I just want to do a good job for you, Pastor John. I want to be a, do a good job of being a junior high pastor. And one of my first assignments was 
to be a part of Mission Peoria. Mission Peoria is awesome. And I had, my whole group was full of junior high kids, and I was, praise the Lord, you know. And one of those junior high kids, his name was Robert Osborne. He was this chunky little kid, and he had this big smile on his face, and, and we loved him, you know. And it was crazy because one day, we were at the park, and we were ministering to kids, and he was running around chasing people with water balloons, and he stepped on something in the park, and he tore up his foot, and blood was just gushing out of his foot, you know? And I love junior hires because you can go to them and say, hey guys, let's shovel dirt for Jesus, and they'll be like, yeah, let's shovel dirt, you know? They just get excited. And so Robert was like, man, I don't care, I'm, just, I'm good. And he was running around and blood was shooting out of his foot. And I'm like, you are not good. Sit down on the ground and let me take care of you. And so we wrapped up his foot, me and, wife, me, me and my wife got him patched up. And it's crazy what God will do with a little junior high kid. Because last year, this kid Robert was like, you know, I want to go change the world. And so God sent him out to to Hillsong in Australia, you know? He had faith, he's like, I don't care about my life, I'm, I wanna go change the world. And so God trained him up in that whole year to serve Jesus. And then he came back and he wasn't that chunky kid anymore, man. He was now a man. In fact, good luck a man, you know? I love women, so just so you know. All right, got a beautiful wife. But here's this young man, and now he's challenging me. You know, he's like, Joe, have you eaten your carrots, you know? Don't eat that white bread, you know? Eat wheat bread, you know? And a few weeks ago, I got a chance um, to go here and preach. He got an opportunity to preach at a small little church in town. And so me and my family were getting together. We're, gonna, we're like, we're going to go hear Robbie preach. That's going to be awesome. It was crazy because a week before we were talking about church and I was asking my little girls, could you guys sit through a big service? And one of my girls was like, no way. I'm not sitting through a big service, you know. I love reaction. It's a lot of fun over there. And I'm just like, you wouldn't even sit and listen to your dad? And they're like, no, no way. I'm not going. So we ended up taking them to the service and I was a little nervous that, that they were going to listen and they were going to be, you know, just not liking it. So as the service got started, they got to sit by my buddy Greg, and he is like a real good babysitter, okay? So if you got any little kids, send them Greg's way, all right? But I was so excited as I saw Robert preach that I'm like, man, this guy is doing awesome. God is really using him. And at the end of the service, he gave an appeal, and he asked people, he said, are anybody here want to give their life to Jesus? Anybody want to have an encounter with God's love? And as I looked over, I saw my two little girls raise their hand, and they were saying yes to Jesus, you know? And then after the service, he said, hey, if anybody raised their hands, I want you to pray for them. And here comes Nina. She came running over, and she said, I got to go up there. Robbie's going to pray for me, you know? And so I took her by the hand, and we went up to him, and he prayed this amazing prayer over my little girl. And after he got done praying, I said, look at you, man. One day I was ministering to you, and now you're ministering to my kids. And now that's all because 
this young guy said, I'm going to take responsibility. Not on my watch. Not on my watch are a third of the people going to die and go to hell. Not on my watch. And I'm here to tell you, we need more people that will say, not on my watch. And begin to say, I'm not just going to be a disciple, but I feel called to make disciples. Just like Jesus said, he said, go and make disciples day by day by day. And he promised you, I'm going to be with you. You're not going to be alone. And so as we close this service, I'm going to invite you, if you're here today and you say, man, that's what God's called me to do. I don't know what's going to happen the rest of my life, but I know God's called me to make disciples. And maybe you've already been making disciples. God wants to encourage you. It's not done yet. It's not over yet. There's still more work to be done. So if you're here today and you're saying, that's me, I want to make some disciples. I want to be a part of that. I want you to stand to your feet and I want to pray for you today. I'm not going to bring you up here. I'm not going to invite you to come down. I just want you to stand to your feet and say, God, that's me. Include me in your plan. Include me in your plan. And I don't know exactly what that means today, but God, I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes to be a part of the family. I'm saying yes to be a part of your will. Include me in the plan. So let's turn our hearts to Jesus, guys. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for today. I thank you, God, for this army that you are raising up right here in Peoria, Illinois. I thank you for Riverside Church, Lord God. Thank you for Pastor John and his vision and his faithfulness over all these years, God. And I pray today that the best is yet to come, God. And Lord Jesus, I pray over each and every person that's standing in this place today, God, that you begin to work things out for them, God. You begin to show them who you're leading them to, who you're wanting to them to pour their life into, God. And Lord Jesus, I pray, God, that you begin to speak to them, God. Show them people at work, people at their job, people, Lord Jesus, wherever they're at, God. The one, God, maybe not a thousand, maybe there's just one that you're calling them to, God, today. And so, God, as they begin to do it, God, as they begin to step out in faith, God, I pray, God, that you will be faithful. And, God, that you will do mighty things, God, and that you will do miracles, God. And I pray, God, that we see people get saved delivered, set free, God, and that they would be disciple makers too. Jesus, we do believe that anything can happen. Give us faith to believe more. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise. Hallelujah.